I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for May 17th, 2018. From Studio Feline, I am Sarah Lane. Tom Merritt is out of the country this week. And from Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. Justin, two in one week. Thank God. You know, but uh, and that pales in comparison to the work that you guys have been doing, uh, holding uh, this place up while Tom traipses around Australia. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Could not do it without you guys. Definitely could not do it without producer Roger Chang. Roger, what's going on on the east side? Ah, not much. It's a little cooler today, but you know what? It's a nice day. It's a nice sunny day that isn't blaringly hot. Well, all right. We could not ask for more in mm. mid-May in the L.A. <laughs> basin. All right. Without further ado, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Uber's former chief security officer, Joe Sullivan, who was reportedly fired after Uber suffered a data breach last year that affected 57 million riders and drivers, Ooh. big breach, has a new job as CSO of Cloudflare. Cloudflare is a security company, speeds up websites and aims to protect them from outside attacks. The company also said last year it's aiming for a mid-2018 IPO. Interesting. The U.S. Senate voted Wednesday to reverse the Federal Communication Commission's repeal of the net neutrality rules by approving a Congressional Review Act resolution that would reverse the FCC's vote to deregulate the broadcast industry back in December. If the CRA is approved by the House and signed by President Trump, ISPs would have to comply. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai has scheduled his repeal to take effect on June 11th if Congress does not act. However, it is less likely that this will pass both houses or both parts of our government and then get signed. I mean, kind of no one believes that it will, right? Nobody believes that it will. So we have to cover it, right? You never know. Stranger things have happened in our modern political uh, uh, landscape, but unlikely. Let's move on to a streaming music service we actually don't talk about as much as Spotify and Apple Music. A publication in Norway, um, and I cannot pronounce the name of this publication. I'll take a, take a guess. Do it. Dagens Nierslev. 
that's probably better than what I would have done. Anyway, they report that streaming music service Tidal is months behind on payments to music labels, specifically the big three. In a statement to The Verge, a Tidal spokesperson said, we've experienced negative stories about Tidal since its inception, and we have done nothing but grow the business each year. This comes on the heels of some inflation uh, accusations on how much uh, some of their exclusives actually streamed. Yeah, I mean, a Sony uh, spokesperson told this Norway publication, supposedly, six months. No royalties. Mm, That's not so good, Al. if, If that was the case, that would be really bad. All right, let's talk a little more about YouTube. Boy, Google companies love to rename themselves, don't they? Well, Alphabet, thank you, and the company that owns Google, uh, that owns YouTube, or Alpha, uh, I guess YouTube is its own Alphabet company. YouTube is splitting up. YouTube Red into two services and renaming everything. Recode reports that YouTube will launch a revamped music service next Tuesday called YouTube Music. It'll cost $10 a month after a trial period, same price as before to strip out ads, download music for offline listening, and play music in the background. But YouTube will now charge $2 more to watch its original content previously on YouTube Red, and that will be called (laughs) YouTube Premium. Existing YouTube Red subscribers will stay at the $10 a month tier, the and YouTube Music will replace Google Play Music eventually. Everybody clear? Yes, but my goodness. Um, <laughs> for the record, yeah. I always thought that YouTube Red was a curious choice, considering uh, yeah. that there is a red tube. Nobody look it up. No, just uh, trust Sarah it that it's a red tube. Yeah. But, um, okay, (laughs) this seems to me like YouTube is hedging on um, other competitor companies like Apple, for example, who is, uh, you know, Apple's obviously working on their own original content. Haven't really seen any of that yet, but um, sort of figuring out like YouTube music is one thing. If you want original content, then that's an additional thing. Sure, which even... Amazon, which does bundle some of its music streaming along with its premium content as part of its Prime package, still does split out their full music playing service into its own product. So that's not necessarily a shock, nor is it necessarily a shock that Google has renamed something for the millionth time as this is kind of their favorite thing to do. Ultimately, they do have a problem when it comes to music. There is a gigantic audience that listens to music on YouTube. However, there can be an argument made that they do it because it's free, not because YouTube is necessarily the best place to listen to music. It's just that when you randomly are looking for a song, you can probably find it because some somebody has freebooted it or Vivo has done a very good job of making sure that these major label artists from then now forever have their music up there for people to sample. Uh, the question now for YouTube Premium, formerly YouTube Red, is can they make a breakout hit and sustain it that makes people want to pay monthly for their ability. Look how hard Netflix works at works at it. Look how hard Hulu's worked at it and really only broke through with Handmaiden's Tale last year beyond just being able to stream the stuff that you already are able to see. Do you have faith that YouTube, uh, Cobra Kai is getting good reviews, right? It's an interesting idea, but 
Are you ready to shell out yet another monthly subscription so you can see Prem content? Well, and if I understand the restructuring correctly, you can't get YouTube premium without also paying for YouTube music, right? Yeah. So you're either paying $10 for the music, which is, you know, that's industry standard price, or you're paying $12 for original content and then, but you can't get the original content on its own. So this is really, when you look at it, this is not necessarily, you're sure they are splitting it into two products, but they're just raising the price of YouTube Red $2 and giving you an option to not do the video. Uh, Cobra Kai, have you seen it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. People say they like it. Yeah. Sweep the leg. Well, in other Google news, Google's AI-powered voice assistant, Duplex, we've talked about it uh, in uh, ad nauseum on the show, that the company showed off at I.O. is raising a few questions. The big question is, was that live demo at I.O., which demonstrated Duplex calling a business to schedule an appointment, really live? Was it pre-recorded, Or was it otherwise staged? Now, the reason that everyone is pretty confused is because Axios asked Google for the business name used in the demo. They didn't disclose it at the time. It was just sort of like a rando business. And a Google spokesperson declined more than once to say whether it was live or not. Yeah. Which is not the end of the world, but it does raise some questions about, hey, do you have a product that's ready or, you know? Did you just want to save face during a very, very important conference for yourself? Yeah. And obviously, this is kind of evocative of the famous moment in uh, Apple's, uh, one of the Apple press conferences where Steve Jobs prank called a Starbucks and and told them to, you know, that they were going to come over for 8,000 coffees or something. Uh, I didn't think, when you watched that, did you think that was live? Well, you know, I didn't think about it, except that there were a few points that uh, other people pointed out. For example, if that was really a business, usually when someone answers the phone, it's like, hi, this is so-and-so hair salon. I'm Jessica. How can I help you? You know, like there are certain things that feel right. Yeah. And none of that was part of it. So it it felt to me when it played that this was... At a certain point on the radio, you had to stop doing live prank calls, and so all the prank calls kind of had to be recorded, and you have to get somebody's permission to be on the radio before you're allowed to do it. And it felt to me like that. Like, it was something where they did it, they made sure they got the best version of it, they tried to do it a bunch of times, they got the best version, and then as, you know, they they wound up cutting the name out. Although, now that I think about it, why would, if, if the salon then gave their their uh, permission to, to put this out there, why wouldn't they want their name out there if this is going to be a big thing that'll be out there? Like, if you're some Palo Alto hair salon, uh, you know, there's only so many. Why, why don't you want international publicity? Well, sure. And I mean, if everybody was briefed beforehand, and of course, everybody wants everything to be seamless on a stage, and that's a whole thing. So like, I get that, you know, there might have been a little bit of prep. But if Google actually ran some pre-recorded thing, that would probably be bad. If, I'm not if saying they, they did. If I'm just they saying staged, that people are starting to wonder. If they staged all of it, I think it makes the demo less impressive. If if that was a Google employee that was being called uh or even soft staged, I think that that's an issue. Uh, At least to me, it makes it less impressive. And it gives me less of an idea that this technology is as robust as I initially thought it was. And that's, I think, the larger technological question 
underpinning this otherwise kind of like showmanship query. Yeah, exactly. Microsoft revealed the Xbox Adaptive Controller Thursday, designed for gamers with disabilities. Microsoft says it took input from Able Gamers, Warfighter Engage, Special Effect, Craig Hospital, and Cerebral Palsy Foundation to create the Adaptive Controller. It connects to the Xbox One or Windows 10 PC via Bluetooth and powers on just like the Xbox Elite Controller. The controller is an 11 by 6 inch rectangle with two buttons that are light touch enabled, two USB-C ports, and a and 19 3.5 millimeter ports along the backside, which allows players to plug in their existing accessibility tools. The Xbox Adaptive Controller will cost $100 when it goes on sale later this year. In other news, Apple is partnering with Schools for the Blind, Deaf, and Assistive Needs students with its Everyone Can Code curriculum for Swift, Apple's programming language. The program is designed to introduce coding to students through the Swift Playgrounds iPad app. Eight schools in California, Massachusetts, Texas, Florida, Illinois, and New York are participating in the rollout this fall. Today's announcements do coincide with the Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Oh, this is such feel-good stuff, man. Yeah, right? You always love it. Any kind of accessibility story always makes me feel... that That is the ultimate tech done good kind of story, right? And what's cool about the Xbox adaptive controller, again, if I understand it, you know, uh, correctly, accessibility wise is once you can plug in your existing accessibility tools that, you know, allows you to do all sorts of things, you can also kind of program the, the device itself to make it work for you. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is they're developing, what is kind of like even a hardware platform, right? That they're not trying to solve every issue. They just know that there are a lot of issues that require specific uh, different plugins, and they are going to give you the ability to uh, do that in something that will that you know will work. That is put out by Microsoft, and you know, a hundred dollars for something that can do as much as, as as that is, I think, is a fairly good price point. You know, big companies like this, like when they do stuff like this, I'm like, good for you. But knowing that it's a for-profit company with a bottom line, I think it also just illustrates that there are a lot of people with various disabilities that have special needs and, you know, they're consumers like anybody else. And stuff that is customized in this way, uh, you know, puts us all on the same playing field. Yeah. So and, and look, how many times do you find a product and say, this is exactly what I need? Imagine if there were none of those products, which a lot of folks who have accessibility issues constantly run their head into, and, and that's it's good that they have it there. In other hardware news, Intel's long-delayed 10 nanometer processor design will ship this year in the Lenovo IdeaPad 330. This is according to computerbase.de on the Chinese e-commerce site jd.com. A lot of sources these days. So Roger pointed out to me before the show that this is a long time coming. It was originally planned for 2015. The Core i3-812U processor is based on the Cannon Lake architecture, offers two cores and four threads at 2.2 to 3.2 gigahertz, four megabytes of smart cache, supports up to 32 gigabytes of low-power DDR4 RAM with a memory bandwidth of 41.6 gigabytes per second. We don't have any details on integrated graphics, and the Lenovo IdeaPad 30. 
330 will come with an AMD RX 540 GPU. Boy, do I love hardware specs. <laughs> it's one of those one of those challenges on DTNS where you have to do your... your uh... You know, sometimes it's seamless. Usually it isn't. But Raj, so, you know, I mean, it's... was it delayed to the point that it seemed like vaporware? Not so much vaporware, but it definitely hinted that um, Intel might be encountering difficulties in the fabrication process. And that's why a lot of people was like, well, they're extending out Cabby Lake and, and, the, and the rest uh, of their existing processor line to kind of bridge over that gap. And some would say that the difficulties they had in basically to the 10 nanometer uh, fabrication size was such a leap that they had to change their... Uh... Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Process model from the TikTok to the, the new one, which is like, you know, you develop new architecture, you, you hone it on the next one, and you, you, you hone it even further on the next. So instead of going in the every two-year cycle, it would be a three- or four-year cycle. So it's, it's good to see. It does raise some questions because up until now, a lot of the Intel uh, core processors, even the low-end ones, featured built-in uh, video and you know whether or not the video was absent from this because it, they just couldn't get it in there with the, the where the t- uh, fabrication process is now, or because it's it's a low end part and they want to save it for for some of the mid higher range models that they plan on having come down the pipe uh, remains to be seen. So more questions than answers, but it's nice to see that this is finally rolled out. All right. To get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes or less, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. It's a great companion show to this one. Absolutely. Justin, 
Let's talk about online gambling. Oh, folks, we're setting the over-under at ten and a half for how many emails we're going to get about this topic because we're talking gambling, folks. Get your money out. The Supreme Court ruled to overturn the Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992 this week. That oh, that was a case brought by New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, which tried to get around it themselves with state legislatures. This effectively means that states can create their own rules on sports betting. So, what does this mean? The short answer is we have no idea. There are a million different ways that this can possibly go. Congress can decide federally that they are going to set up a framework for how this stuff can go. That is something that the major sports leagues like NBA and the NFL have asked for. But as it is now, if Congress does what Congress often does, which is nothing, then states will now be able to decide, as New, as New Jersey will aggressively do, because they had already planned on this uh, earlier, to now legalize sports betting however they want. Which brings us down to the sub-question. Who will be able to, gamb- to, to take sports wagers and who won't? You're going to probably guess that a lot of the uh, uh, entities that have some gambling rights in the states will probably eat first on this. You're talking about Indian casinos, dog tracks, horse tracks, stuff like that. Uh, But it also opens up a tremendous opportunity for apps that already have gigantic footholds in this industry like FanDuel and DraftKings. These, while... You could watch an ad for either of them and some schlub saying, oh, I didn't have any interest in these games. And now I all of a sudden have interest. Sounds like what you would do if you would like to wager on it was really a uh, taking advantage of the fact that fantasy leagues are legal. And this came after the great crackdown on online poker. There was a carve out for fantasy league. So this was a daily fantasy league that operated very similar to gambling, but you couldn't outright say, I'm going to bet on the Golden State Warriors to beat the Houston Rockets the next time that they play in the way that now, if they wanted to go into this position, they could be able to. So, uh, you know, you mentioned two NBA teams. Is there anything under the Sports Protection Act that has actual sports that are covered under this? Or do people try to kind of get around it by being like, it's a sport? No. I mean, or does this... it have to be like the NHL and the NBA and the NFL? And... No. So, uh, effectively, that law just made it prohibitive for anybody to really put any kind of money into creating a wagering business beyond places where it was already carved out like Las Vegas, for example. Uh, And that's why FanDuel and DraftKings was an interesting play into that space without kind of getting into those waters. What's interesting now is you saw Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, make make the case this week that every owner's team just doubled in value. Because Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has also been forthright in saying when betting comes you know comes to you know fruition here in America we want to be in on it the NBA does we want a cut of every bet that happens because we want the money to quote unquote be able to make sure that people aren't fixing games so we need to wet our beak on this this is one of the myriad 
questions that we are going to have to answer. However, technology is going to play a gigantic part in this. Not only have you had FanDuel and DraftKings become just huge apps in and of themselves, but also current uh, of casinos in Vegas. If you go to Vegas, in fact, if you're not in Vegas, you can download apps for Caesars, Westgate, Station, uh, just to uh, uh, to name a few. You have to be in Nevada to wager on them, and they make you use mobile data so they can verify that. They don't let you uh, uh, wager if you are on Wi-Fi, for example. But geofenced apps for the foreseeable future and until we get a federal legislation on this might be really where this happens. But if that's the case, then a startup company that just does wagering and then turns it on state by state could very much come into play. Okay. Dumb question. Go. Um, you know, as a non-gambler, I don't know anything about this stuff. Sure. If you use a VPN out of the state that you're supposed to be placing a wager in, Theoretically, you can break the law to gamble. Uh, uh, in fact, <laughs> in fact, they go hand in hand half the time. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> when we talk about how big this is, we are talking about a multi-billion-dollar illegal industry, and many people now bet over the internet. A friend of mine has told me that it's fairly simple, although a little dodgy, to put your money in an offshore account and then place your bets uh, uh, through a site that is outside of the jurisdiction of America, where it is illegal. Now, you don't have the protections that you would have. That site can just go away, and now all of your money is gone with it. But it's a competitive enough industry that that has not happened on a gigantic scale as of yet. I mean, that's safe for some of the big poker sites going down and people losing money there. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think because it is legalized that the the, the need or, or the impetus to move into cryptocurrency in order to engage in that, you know, acti- sports betting activity isn't as strong? And so there might be uh, less of a push or, or for the run for the gates for cryptocurrency in order to gamble because, hey, now I can just use dollars that I have in my bank account to to, to bet up bet with cryptocurrency. I don't think really ever had kind of a a, a handle on gambling. Gambling, uh, you're you're fairly easily able to transfer stuff from your bank to another bank that is outside of the United States, and and just go on from there. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily a crypto angle. Here's where. It does get very, very interesting in, ter- in terms of the big players in tech. It goes hand in hand, specifically if the sports leagues who are authorizing their uh, carriage rights want to be cut in on bets that they might incentivize the platforms that they are streaming their games on to also be places where you can place bets. So, not only their own apps, if they do that, but platforms like YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere else that might, Hulu, that might want to eventually stream games, could also see a tremendous amount of money processing sports wagers in places that are legal. This is a massive wellspring of cash. Like, this is billions of dollars coming from an unregulated black market into the light and people will clamor for it and technology is going to have to be at the forefront. 
Well, I would say weird, but 2018 is the weirdest year yet. <laughs> Indeed. For a lot of us anyway. Hey, thanks to everybody who supports us in our subreddit. You help us choose our stories and we get to know what you're interested in. You can submit stories and also vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. So, Justin, mm. yesterday, uh, Scott Johnson and I were talking about the fact that neither of us ever had DVRs when they were cool back in the day. Oh. And now we have uh, DirecTV's uh, new DVR, which is a true DVR. And sure. Jordan wanted to you know, make sure that we know the difference between DVR and true. He said, I've tried Sling TV and PlayStation View. They have so-called DVR, but the big problem is that these recordings are really just replaced with on-demand versions. They also have ads, and you can't skip them. So that's a huge step back from what I did with my DVR already. With a true DVR in DirecTV Now, they're promising actual recordings in which you can fast-forward through ads. I hope it works like they say it does, and it also explains why it probably took longer for them to bring it to market. Yeah, because they introduced it last year. Oh man, I remember I used to have my DVR like record Mad Men. I would know exactly the length of their ad breaks, so I could I could have my fifteen second skip routine already down. Perfect, I would love it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Chinami emailed us, "Hey DTNS crew." Yesterday's show discussed smartwatches and their possible use in cheating. Sarah made the comment that watches have been around for a long time, and they are only thinking of their use in cheating now. I took the GRE in the early aughts and always wore a digital watch. I had to put it in the locker along with all my other stuff to prevent me from cheating. So to me, this is not anything new. Love the show and proud to be a supporter. I can't tell if Tsunami is saying that someone made him put his watch in the locker or if <laughs> or if they did it just to, you know, keep themselves honest. I would suspect that it was a proctor, that, that, that there are certain things that you could not have on you. Uh, you know, I can't remember if I had to, if, if people had to take off watches and stuff for SATs back when I was taking them. But uh, I would say for this, look, this isn't about the GREs. This isn't about the ACTs or the SATs. This is for day in and day out, pop quiz. Uh, uh, if you can have somebody, you know, pop the answers, you can have an app that just has these things stored for you. You know, it, it is just the newest front in the never-ending war on cheating. It really is. Kids cheat. I mean, not all kids. Yeah. Some kids, but you know. Kids will be kids. Justin Robert Young, yes. thank you for joining me and getting me through the show. It was a big <laughs> news show, and I uh, really appreciate uh, everything that you do for us every oh. time you're on the show. Let folks know where they can keep up with your other work. Well, thank you. Uh, folks, you're you welcome. can go ahead and uh, subscribe to my free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. It is, I think, a great way that if you're not into politics but you want a way to kind of stay on top of things this is very light very fun five stories every uh, morning uh, monday through friday wherein you get a little bit of commentary not a lot some gifts mostly from the Chappelle show so go ahead and check it out it is free after all freepoliticalnewsletter.com 
And thanks to our patrons and everybody who supports the show, patreon.com slash DTNS. Lots of exclusive content there and extra stuff. And also, if you're looking to buy a new sweatshirt, new Facebook cap, maybe a t-shirt, maybe a mug, dailytechnewsshow.com slash store is where you can see all the stuff that we are offering. It's really cool. Give it a shot. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We love your feedback. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Shannon Morse and Len Peralta. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.